Kia ora koutou. welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Alan McElroy and Zoe George with me this afternoon, Friday afternoon. And it was a nail-biter, wasn't it? All Blacks snatched a last gaff 39-37 victory last night, tucking the Bledisloe Cup away for a remarkable uh, 20th straight year. Well, they've got the Eden Park uh, one to do, haven't they? Anyway, controversial, though, thanks to referee Matthew Reynal's 79th-minute call to reverse a penalty awarded to the Australians for a delay in taking the kick. It was an extraordinary decision, depending on who you ask. A disgraceful decision, said Wallaby's great Tim Horan. And it almost certainly cost Australia a rare win against uh, their great rivals. Well... Who better to bring in than David Campisi, widely regarded as one of the rugby greats in Australia, or anywhere for that matter, Australia's record test try score has even been on an Australian stamp. David Campo, an honour to have you on the panel. Afternoon, how are you guys going? We're very well, thank you very much. We're very, very well, David. Um, and look, we've got Zoe George. She's a sports journalist, a huge rugby fan. She'll have a few questions for you. But this referee decision, f- fair play or hugely unfair for taking, what, five or ten extra seconds? Yeah, look, I, the more I think about it, I mean, it's if you think about Foley, all he had to do was kick the ball out anyway. It wasn't a big decision. The forwards were talking away. And yes, I understand teams waste time. But, you know, the referee did say, listen, I've, turned, I've, I've stopped the clock. And then he said, I'll put it back on. When I put it back on, you must kick immediately. And he's still looking around to the forwards. I don't know why he was looking around because he had nothing to do with the forwards. All he had to do was kick it out. Mm. They would have walked up there. It would have taken time. But as you know, in the modern game, they walk to every line out. There's a lot of times the referee can, can blow the whistle. You know, and I think he was just fed up. And uh, unfortunately, it's one of those decisions we'll probably never see again in our lifetime. Um, and, you know, that's why you, you can never trust the French, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, David. Hey, um, now, <laughs> Tim Horan said, look, there's 90 seconds left in the game and the ref cracked under pressure in one of the biggest games here in Australia. It's a disgraceful decision and world rugby needs to look at it. What do you reckon? Well, I did an article a couple of weeks ago about referees saying about how they're destroying the game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's carried on from that. I mean, some of the decisions you see in the game, you know, um, it's, it's getting very frustrating, especially in Australia. I mean, we've got these other codes that are dominated big time because Rugby League is owned by Rugby League Australia. Aussie Rules is only played in Australia. So they can change the laws or rules when they like. But in rugby, we're bound by the International Rugby Board. So we can't change the game laws. We've got to wait till they decide to change the change. We we we're in a, a situation where we need to entertain people. Um, we used to do it once, but now and the French have always come up with different things to see. And if you go back, look, if you go back over all the World Cups, there's been some really interesting decisions. I'll tell you one that I don't know if you guys are around, but this is in 1983. We played Argentina at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And we, Mark L. and I, tacked the ball from our own line. We got to the halfway. Mark passed it. And a guy called uh, Peterson for Argentina knocked the ball down. I said, Clive, Clive Norton gives us a penalty try from 50 metres out. <laughs> so these decisions by refs have been around for a long, long time. I think just now that it was so close, it was 90 seconds to go. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was a spectacle. But again, the referee explained himself. Uh, you know, I mean, as a commentator, sometimes you've got to be not as biased as everyone should be. 
but I mean, it was a great game to watch, and unfortunately, you know, Australia could have won that quite easily. All they had to do is kick the ball out, go up there, yeah. get the line out, and the game was finished. Mm. But that's that's what happens in sport. Zoe. Oh, it was incredibly exciting. Those those final few moments were amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the thing is, though, David, like, Foley was warned. He was told to to get it going. It's not like he hadn't he hadn't been warned. And watching it back, I mean, I have seen kickers take their time while the rest of the line gets set and off you go. Um, but you would, yeah, as you said, all he had to do was kick it out and. F- it's not very often that I agree with Ian Foster, but uh, he kind of said the same thing. This is about game management, and that he had no issues with with the penalty. And actually, I don't, I don't really think either. I mean, there's nothing like a win over the Australians. Sorry to my Australian yeah, thanks, mums. I know, but that's yeah. the problem is like, always goes your way, not our way. Yeah, it was it was incredibly yeah. close. It could have gone. Either way, and um, and actually, I thought both teams just yeah didn't yeah. did really really well. Um, David, this far out from the World Cup, we're not actually that far out. Uh, both teams have had their ups and downs this season. What are your predictions? I know it's a wee way out, but for the World Cup next year. Yeah, look, it's quite interesting. I've never seen you know you work four of the best teams in the world playing against each other. One week they win, one week they lose. I've never seen even the All Blacks. You know, the All Blacks against Argentina. Mm. You know, I've never seen them that first test panic so much as they did. I've never seen that in your blacks in my life. You know, I played them twenty nine wow. times, and they they just don't seem to have that calm, cool, collective. You know, when the pressure's on. I mean, last night you have to give it to the All Blacks when they got that scrum. Mm. They just didn't hit it up, hit it up. They backed themselves. There was a couple of passes there, could have gone anywhere, but they had the skills and the confidence. That's the All Blacks I know. But when you see some of the other games, you know it's, that it, they just don't seem to. I don't know. They don't seem to have that killer instinct that they used to have. You know, I mean, I we used to just struggle every time to the All Blacks. You knew you were in for eighty minutes of rugby. Yeah. And last night was no different. But at the World Cup, you know, I think the way it's going, um, the Northern Hemisphere, Ireland beating New Zealand in New Zealand mm. first time ever. You've got uh, France absolutely playing some fantastic rugby. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Northern Hemisphere, you know, World Cup final next year. Mm. Gosh, yeah. we're with uh, All Black. Uh, sorry, uh, rugby great uh, David no, Campisi. All Black. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wishful thinking, Campo. Uh, Wishful thinking, mate. Legend, I'll, I'll, anyway. I'll, I'll just look. I'll tell you. There's a, a couple of interesting stories. My daughter just started new school, and the lady was there. Said. David Campbell, aren't you uh, the great All Black player? And I said, excuse me? <laughs> and then the other day I was getting some petrol and uh, I was getting to go inside and the guy said, are you David Campisi? I said, hate you. And I said, thanks. He said, I'm a Kiwi. I used to hate what you did to us. I said, that was my job. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for that. Anyway, yeah, yeah I just want to let you know. We've got, yeah. a few, we've got a few fans uh, coming through. Good on you, Campo, says someone. <laughs> uh, and we've got, we've got another um, uh, panellist with us, uh, David. Um, uh, Alan McElroy here's from Ireland. So you would have backed the Irish, uh, Alan? Uh, Irish against who? Anybody. Oh, of course Your I would. Yeah. It's where I'm from, yeah. Yeah, I was cheering on Ireland. I wasn't cheering on New Zealand. That's you. <laughs> Don't you have to be an All Blacks fan to get a citizenship in New Zealand nope, these days? No, you got, you, got you got to fake a pledge of allegiance, cross your finger, and then you mind the national anthem. That's how you get it. David, I actually just want to come back to this referee because you really blasted the state of rugby union in that, um, and it was picked up internationally, Daily Mail and others, uh, saying that referees are ruining the game. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you, 20 years ago when you were on the field, as I understand, penalties are up 300% from 20 yep. years ago. Yeah, look, the game was, uh, look, you know, I get in trouble because we played the amateur era. You know, mm. we, we had a lot of fun. And, um, you know, the World Cup's 
scrum in 1991 Rugby World Cup took 11 seconds. Australia played England in the third test a couple of weeks ago. There was 15 scrums at 1 minute 50 each. Wow. So there's 20 minutes wasted in scrum because the referees got involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and the game, if you watch the game now, it's a very brutal game. It's more, it's, it's really like watching rugby league. You know, from now we kick off, we kick it deep. It's the same, you know, then we bring a rugby league laws into our game where you've got a 50-20 or 20-50 call, goal line dropout. I mean, why do we have to go and cater yeah. to other sports? You know, we, we had a fantastic game. Um, and if you saw last night, you know, Kane goes off, head knock. Okay, he, he, he failed the test. He failed the test. How many players last night came off with head concussion, had to fail the test, couldn't play? Mm. I mean, that never used to happen in the old days. The, oh, yeah. the, the problem at the ruck area is, for me, as you know, I'm, I know we're talking about safety and all that, but if you have a look at the game, go back last night and have a look. When the, if the Wallabies took the ball up to the ground in, in the ruck, there was probably five Wallaby players on the ground, one New Zealander. So that means you've got 10 versus 14. How are you going to score? Mm. How can you actually score when you've got more numbers uh, and you've got the ball and you go backwards? Right. Attack you to go forward. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, while we have you here, one final comment, David. Um, people, people, people are asking, um, do you still love the game of rugby? To, um, what, do you, what do you think of it now? 2022, do you still follow it? Do you still love it? No, no unfortunately, I've been cancelled by Rugby Australia because of my views. I can't sort of get any work because of what I say, uh, because I don't say what they want me to say. Um, you know, and on commentary, I was on Stan TV last year, but I was told I was no good on TV. The only place in the world where I'm no good on TV is my own country, um, because I speak my mind. And, you know, I spoke to a guy called Mark Ella, who's a great mate of mine, he can't stand the game. Mm. You know, the Ellers, they, they, we, they just, we just talk and we just, just, it's amazing. Mm. It really is amazing the, the, the way the game's gone. Um, you know, they all get paid, which is, fa- which is great, you know, but I mentioned 30 years ago in my book on a wing and a prayer, you know, rugby's a dying sport. If we go professional, rugby will die. And at the moment, you know, it's a style of rugby we're playing. You know, if we, we don't entertain out here, um, and you can see even in New Zealand. New Zealand are, um, I don't know, they're just, they're just not the same. You know, I'm just used to them. You know, you had 31-13 up last night and you basically sat there and the Wallabies came back. Wow. In the old days, you would have made it 60 points. Mm. You know, it's just a killer instinct seems to not be there like anymore. Final thoughts, Zoe, and then we'll move on. Um, David, are you going to come over and see us for the Rugby World Cup in a couple of weeks' time? I would love to come across, but unfortunately, I've got uh, haven't been invited. No work. Oh, so, uh, well, do you know what? Okay, that's fine. I'll send you an email. Yeah. We'll <laughs> get you over. We'll get, Don't you worry. We'll yeah. get you no, over. It's been wonderful talking did, did, to you. An absolute legend. Just quickly, yeah. did you see the, um, the the England team women's beat the, the Welsh? What, yeah. 77 points. Yeah. They're not a bad team, are they? So England are going to, I think, my prediction, England or France uh, in the final, it would be great if the Black Ferns got up. But, yeah, England yeah. are definitely, they're incredibly strong. Uh, so, yes, that's and Australia, I'm, I don't think, is, mm, they might make it to the semis, but we'll beat them in the semis. And, and Camper, when you, come to, when, you, when you come to New Zealand, when you come to Aotearoa New Zealand, come and see us on the panel at Radio New Zealand. Love to. Just yep. give me an invite and I'll come. Good on you. All right. That is uh, David Campisi there, widely regarded as one of the 
rugby. I mean, quite an extraordinary yeah. career, hey, Zoe? Oh, yeah, and he was talking it, about the Ellers. So yep. uh, famous, famous family in Australian rugby. As I said earlier, my mum is Australian, so Bledisloe Cup time in my house was always interesting <laughs> as when I was a kid. Uh, I guess, I mean, it kind of did matter what way it went. But, uh, yeah, and, and so I kind of, I grew up with, with watching David Campese and, yes. and Tim yeah. Horan and all those amazing. <laughs> so when I told my mum I was going to be, I was like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what an era. What, what an, an era. era as well. I think, you know, he touched on some really interesting points there around the way that the game is played and professionalism right. and safety. And, you know, we all do have to take those things into into account. And But, yeah, a minute something per per scrum, that's incredible. 20 past four, the Pandal RNZ National. Are you going to vote in local government elections? From today, voting papers are being posted out so that those enrolled can have a say in who their local leaders are. But voter turnout has been trending downwards for decades. However, one of our panellists, Verity Johnson, said earlier this week she's decided to vote in her local body elections for the first time ever. Well, what got me engaged is seeing a lot of the rise of anti-democracy and conspiracy groups uh, like, you know, anti-vaxxers and the sort of inherited anti-democracy ideology which has been passed over from the US. And I used to think, oh, that's just America being crazy. And then you see um, it you see the roots of it developing in New Zealand and you suddenly realise that we live in this globalised economy where ideas spread and you can't be complacent in New Zealand about democracy. And in Auckland, Auckland, mayoral candidate Viv Beck announced today she's quitting the race in a bid to avoid splitting the centre-right vote with Wayne Brown. But we're going to speak to the capital now to speak to Wellington City Deputy Electoral Officer Jennifer Parker. Kia ora, Jennifer, and uh, thanks for waiting. Kia ora, yeah. No problem. A, a third of registered electors don't vote despite being interested in doing so. That's quite an incredible statistic, don't you think? It is. I mean, we would love everybody to vote. So those are the things that really charge us and to think, what, what might be the barriers and how can we get rid of them? Yeah. I mean, central government gets twice as many voters, but local government really, uh, and, and so, some would say, has a bigger impact on people's lives. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. You know, it's everything from, you know, the crematorium through to the rec centres to the yeah. places that our kids play sport. It's right across, isn't it? Uh, you heard Verity Johnson there. Um, she was, uh, you know, the misinformation really prompted her to think twice or think again about, you know, the vitality of voting. Do you think there will be more interest in voting this year given the publicity uh, around misinformation? I really hope so, Wallace. The, you know, local government is one of these places that actually every vote counts. There's always a tie somewhere in the country. Often there's a couple in any election. So it really matters that people come out and vote and anything that helps stimulate people and think, actually, there are people I want to elect. It's great if, if people can actually, you know, get out there and get involved and put their vote in. What about you, Alan? Uh, the voters, voting papers come in, they, you, you go to the mailbox, you get them out, they sit in your kitchen table for a week or so. Do you open them or do you do something else with them? I never have, but I am now, so I'm going to vote for the first time. Really? Yeah, similar to uh, Verity. Verity. Because <clears throat> there's no why, point. Why? Well, there's no point in complaining. I live and work in the city and I carry equipment in my car. So for me to drive from A to B, even in the city, it's a nightmare. Coming here uh, from Eden Terrace, I was nearly late because there's a lot of different, like, silly things that 
you get angry about uh, like the, the pedestrian lights are automatic even when there's no pedestrians and then it holds up traffic because you turn a left and all the cars are going straight there's all these little silly things and you're like this is mental and it shouldn't happen so there's no point in me complaining about it I'll vote and then let someone else uh, deal with it good on you you Adam. know what I mean so that's it's yeah. the first time I'm doing it because I'm, I'm growing frustrated stay there Jennifer we'll get some responses questions from Zoe yeah, I mean, I already know who I'm going to vote for. Uh, I'm act- I vote every election that I could have since I was 18. Um, and really, so the yeah. opposite to Ellen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm comp- I'm really engaged, and I do lots of reading. For me, definitely, this election is super important, as you said, around combating mis and disinformation. On stuff, there's been an incredible lot of work in a series looking at all the various different candidates from all around the country and and who their alignments uh, and allegiances are with, and that's that's really really great. Um, but also, I I you know I actually have a friend who's running, which is incredible, and a. a She's a former RNZer. I don't know if you know this, Wallace. Um, but Yadna Saw, who's a former RNZ music yeah, journalist, right, yes. yeah, okay, yes. she's running uh, for Wellington Regional Council here in yeah in Pointe and I'm uh, just so proud of her. And we need people who are passionate about stuff like this because they get stuff done. So um, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen here in Wellington. Well, and, and around the country, and really. Indeed, uh, yes, stuff has done a very, very important and very good job. Actually, sort of highlighting the issues mm. around both misinformation and also uh, the candidates, other platforms as well. Mm. Um, but, Jennifer, councils are getting pretty creative to get people to vote. Palmerston North's is maybe the weirdest with their depiction of the orange man. Here's a snippet. Have you heard that one, Jennifer? What was that? I did. It's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, all of us are just doing everything we can to try and engage people, help them know that the election's on, and get out and, and really do the voting. Yep. Here's the big one for me, because I'm a bit of a stickler, Jennifer, and I'm one of those people who do actually go through the booklet, but you, you have to have a sort of a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and go, ah, oh, here we go, um, take some time, because... Before this year, you had your district health board candidates as well. So the booklet was pretty thick. This year, no DHB elections. Am I right? So things will be a little bit easier? We're hoping, yeah, a little bit easier. And I love that idea. You know, grab a wine, grab a cup of coffee, sit down, preferably, you know, with some friends, encourage other people to vote, have a look through, look at those candidate profile statements. And like you're saying, there's been some fantastic debates, you know, that have been carried in the media. And because we can now watch those on YouTube, how cool is that? You can actually really engage a bit more. So we are hoping that will stimulate people to feel a bit more involved. Good on you, Jennifer. Kia ora. Thank you for your time. That's the Wellington City Deputy Electoral Officer, Jennifer Parker. Uh, and votes must be returned by noon on Saturday, the 8th of October. Uh, the election is held on the 8th of October. 26 past four. A bit of response regarding uh, Campo, David Campisi, who we had on just after four. By the way, that'll be on, if you missed it, uh, rnz.co.nz forward slash the panel. I agree with David Campisi. Uh, it used to be a game for all shapes and sizes. Now the players are pumped up gym bunnies who are much heavier. The result is greater injuries and a much slower game. Hmm. I would like to see an international under 85 kg competition 
without the 50-22 rule. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm, maybe you should tune into the Women's World Cup uh, because yes. it is fast and incredible and amazing. Um, I guess, though, one of the things that we think about in regards to rugby is that it's not just about what happens on the field, right? And yeah. it's not just men who play rugby. Um, and, you know, earlier this week we had sport New Zealand rugby. I, I'm their favourite person right now, but that's great. You know, they lost $280,000 worth of, mm. of government funding of taxpayers' money because they couldn't meet a gender quota on their board when every other sports body could do it. And there are lots of questions that need to be asked. So, yeah, it's it's interesting times for rugby. I know I keep plugging the Women's Rugby World Cup, but honestly, it reminds me of of that time that David was talking about. It really does. 28 past four. Now, yesterday we talked about a phenomenon known as misophonia. In the New York Times this week, writer Melinda Wenamoya described the rage she felt from the sound of her husband chewing. Others can't stand slurping, pen clicking. Well, it turned out this is quite a big thing for some. Not just slight annoyance. Our panellist Alan Blackman said yesterday misophonia was an issue for them at home, so much so that him and his wife eat in separate areas. Anne wrote and said, I have it, and I drove my family crazy with it. When someone eats noisily, I want to scream. I have to leave the room. I can hear people on the other side of the room. It's awful to live with, and it started around 10. Apples are the worst. With us is Robin. Kia ora, Robin. Kia ora, Wallace. This is a big deal for you. Describe how certain sounds affect you. Well, um, firstly, I'd just like to say that listening to the show yesterday made me realise that I'm not crazy or difficult or overreacting. Um, and this thing actually has a name and there's a huge power in actually knowing that. So so that's really good. But, um, yeah, yeah I, um, I do have quite strong reactions to just quite normal sounds like my neighbours just living their lives. Um, and I have to take... Um, evasive action if you like um, because it actually makes me quite angry um, and so it's like closing all the windows and doors and um, you know but the thing that actually was the worst for me was that a wee while ago some neighbours put up a, a big basketball hoop uh, permanently concreted into the ground um, very close to my lounge and um, I actually had um, a very, very strong flight response to that and actually um, had, I actually felt like I'd had a bit of a breakdown really because I couldn't function normally for a time. Good grief. Um, yeah, um, so I was feeling very trapped and utterly powerless and, and no way out. Mm. Um, but it wasn't until I realised really that the only person that could, uh, the only the only one who can help me is me, mm. and um, decided that I really absolutely needed to take control myself. So, um, my I, goodness gracious me! Yeah. And so this huge basketball hoop, all day bop 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 bop. You you're saying that you you were close. You wanted to sell your house. Yes, I even had agents to come in to value my house. But then I thought, well, that's not the answer, is it? Because where would I go? Um, the middle of a paddock in the middle of nowhere <laughs> seemed like the place I wanted to be. But um, honestly, that's no answer. So I actually made a bit of a sanctuary in a room in the spare room, which was on the other side of the house. 
with a comfortable chair and, um, you know, the ability to shut myself away. But, um, yeah, so I do feel like I have controls. But the thing is, it's not fully tested at this point because I haven't been using it very much lately. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I find um, I have sensitivity to sounds as well. I mean, yeah, eating is definitely something for me. Um, the thing that drives me absolutely off the wall and makes me sick to my stomach is the noise of people mm-hmm. clipping their nails. Uh, it just, gonna be Ellen. It, yeah, it, it is. Just, we've ugh. had that discussion. Um, I, I yep. click my toes when I'm asleep. Oh, and I no. didn't realise. I can't and do Jane it. Jane nearly stabbed me. So oh. I find noise cancelling really good pair. Investing in a really good pair of noise cancelling headphones and listening oh. to something, whether it's the radio or a podcast or some music or a meditation app, I find that helps right. a lot. Uh oh, mm. uh oh. An ex producer has got in touch with me. <laughs> uh, the wonderful Denise saying. Wallace, you were the worst tea slooper ever. <laughs> I had to disguise my misophonia. Denise, good to hear from you. I apologise for all those years. Sorry. Um, but Robin, kia ora. And look, thank yeah. you so much for sharing. Uh, and there's been quite a few people come through um, yeah. that, that, that don't know what it was called, but now this torture, as yeah. in your words, has a name. Yes, and I'd just like to say too that realising that the noise that distresses you um, so much is not going to go on indefinitely Mm. really helps. And Mm. also I've done quite a bit of desensitising because you have to. You've got to find a way to cope and control 